This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Zach, and I play a large scale dream, a half high elf blade singer wizard, member of the Weavers Guild, and a special legionnaire of the Pandominion. And this is Advantage. Last time in episode 2.27, the Unknown Associates scrambled for a plan. As the Strikebreakers entered the Yatine Amrod factory to reclaim property, the party struggled to find a way to meet their own goals. They managed to hide Alaris, Morlinde, and Nexby in crates being shipped out, while Ulrich, Grimton, and Takis posed as scabs aiding the reclamation. Everyone is winging it. Chaos reigns, but nonetheless, they need to find a way to break Nexby's flying dragon skiff out of these crates and get it into the air. And that's what we'll pick up. I definitely deferred to Alaris on that one because Alaris is like a plans guy. Yeah. If I remember correctly, there's always convoluted. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and normally I feel like I can get a pretty good grasp on what the, the goal of the situation is. Right. And I just couldn't get a grasp on what the goal was. So I'm like, I guess I'm just going to get in the box because that'll at least get me closer to the airship. This will be this will be fun anyway. So here we are, giving it the beans. Um, well, hold on. Let, I want to continue that conversation a little bit more. Um, I don't necessarily have a plan <laughs> in mind for this. The way that I chose to write this scene in particular was... Here are a bunch of things that are about to happen. Yeah. Here are some tools and some materials that you could build something with. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to be ready for anything with it. Yeah, no, that, that makes so, sense. That, yeah. That was much more open-ended. We had to impose that ourselves. It's taken me a long time, but I'm trying to do a lot of new DMing stuff. Cool. For example, letting you describe the scene on the outside of the garage door. I don't know what you're going to do. I wasn't planning for a riot, but here we are, rioting. It helps Yay. us get immersed because even before you describe things in detail, we often are constructing in our heads what's happening. Yeah. Like yeah. we have our own mental image. And so allowing those mental images to become canon, I think does a lot for immersing us as characters. It's easy whenever I, like you start doing an exposition of sometimes I feel myself going to the background, you know, like not paying full attention right. to, to stuff. Right, right, right. It definitely, because like I know at any minute Joe's going to be like, yeah, so describe this. So like it forces me to not be ADD. So give the audience, we're picking up right as the garage door is opening. We already did some exposition uh, in the very end of last episode. That was a really great uh, cliffhanger, and we're going to have to do that exposition again. So tell me what you see. The inside of a box. <laughs> yeah, we got to <laughs> Zach brings up a great point where we have to paint more of a picture. Um, Morlinde, Nexby, and Alaris are all inside large crates that are like 20 feet long that are hauling mechanical robot hands, right? Yeah, with no gears. Pneumatic hands. Yes, <laughs> no gears. It's all pneumatics, no clockworks. 
Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of those boxes, Ulrich and Takus are feigning the roles, or I guess actually living the roles, of strike organizers handing over what has been called uh, stolen goods, these robot hands, to strike breakers. One of those strike breakers currently pushing these very large crates on metal caster wheels is Grimton playing the role as a scab. <laughs> the goal of this whole operation is what and why. We have to get the skiff out. Yes, and the skiff is currently hidden in one of these crates. Yes, because we need to get to... Uh, the Azure Keep. The Azure Keep, that's right. The Azure Keep for Erica Tries Trial. Court Martial. So the gate, like, comes up to, like, like opens upward, um, yeah. and Warforged are trying to keep uh, some kind of perimeter uh, pushing the strikers back. It's going successfully right now, but it's a hard-fought battle. As the people on the other side of this barricade line are, like, yelling and throwing things at us. This is borderline riot. Yeah, it's like, like just shy can... of a riot. I, I think I think it would be fair for us, for me and Grimton, to roll some kind of check about like not getting hit by stuff, like sure. kind of like ducking. Uh, both of you, give me deck saves. Oh yeah, I crushed mm. it. Twenty one. Typical. <laughs> yeah. Got a nine. Grimton, not quite light on his feet, gets hit with what, Sarah? It's like the idea of, of tomatoes. I'm really, really on it right now. One of the things that they're growing down in the underfields are very rich, fruitful tomato vines. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. There's a lot of them. Yeah, they're right next to the lima beans. <laughs> Throwing beans isn't so effective. <laughs> Throwing beans. <laughs> <laughs> give him the beans yeah like so i definitely screamed give it the beans and they're like oh we'll give him the beans all right uh tomatoes and beans tomatoes are being lobbed in y'all's direction all right i'm gonna just send a message to Ulrich. whenever we get to a point where we're away from the crowd knock on the crate to give us the all clear yep Ulrich, what is your response in your head can uh, Alaris hear, hear responses? Yes. Sending is like a uh, one there, one back. Uh, I just say will do. Also, this is the first time I think that Alaris has used sending on anybody in the party. Is that right? That's true. I w- I'll say that there's definitely a moment of like confusion, but like I've also come to expect all kinds of weird things from Alaris. So like I get over my initial shock and I'm able to respond effectively. Speaking of shock, the crowd of protesters and rioters uh, is confused on why Takas and this uh, unknown gnomish figure are helping uh, this group of dwarven strike breakers push these crates out and are calling you all sorts of foul names. One of them definitely calls them a rock licker. You stinky gas bladder! You just need to look up all of the roasts that um, Rolf from Ed, Ed, and Eddie use. Oh like, my god, yes. He is the roast king. You rabid, natridin, screw-eyed, noxious coward. You cooked noodle. It makes sense. That kind of adds some world building into the uh, Yatin Amrod diet. Yeah. <laughs> you sea urchin sniffer. Hmm, I don't, I don't know if that one quite fits. You are not near the sea. Thus, it means... That's what they call liars. That is what they call liars. You sheep lover. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> There's some heavier implications there. That's the PC version of Go. Beep. <laughs> <laughs>
The Warforged are fairly successfully clearing the path for these crates uh, on the casters. Takas out in front, trots up ahead, and Grimton, you see nodding and shaking the hands with uh, a dwarven figure dressed in larger ceremonial robes of some sort of government importance. Uh, who you probably recognize. Yeah, I was um, going to say, can I... This is Baron Lodier. Oh, hey. You're good. She's here? Dang. And appears to be ceremonially receiving these crates. I say to no one in particular, I would have thought she would have sent an envoy. Why is she here herself? Everybody give me an insight check. Ooh, nat yes. 20. Well, not as good as a nat 20, but an 18. Nine. Oh, sorry, not Grimton. You're fine. You understand exactly what oh. you're saying. <laughs> as does Ulrich, who reads context clues. Uh, 13. I'm going to say, Morlinde, you are able to pick up that it's some sort of uh, government official. How? I'm in a box. Well, context clues because of what Grimton said. Yeah, she's shaking hands with Takas, and she's wearing like very noticeably ceremonial, like high class robes i guess uh obviously like taking the credit for this at this point uh i'm gonna say that <laughs> uh you hit a downhill section <sighs> okay of uh this this street which is unexpected for those currently pushing the box and even more unexpected for uh those within who suddenly feel their own inertia picking up and uh the box shaking what with it having no suspension as it begins rolling faster and faster let's do another skill challenge shall we (laughs) i'm down this is gonna go about as well as driving the barge up river i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) so we've got more physically based so i'm gonna privilege constitution and strength and uh dexterity as those that get two success points yeah you are (laughs) grimton psyched about that wisdom charisma and intelligence as getting one thank you how morlinde and alaris coming to that's a great question (laughs) you know what you know what you know what i'm gonna have the pair of you add threats Adds sorts of situations to uh, cause problems. To cause problems, to enhance the scenario, to <laughs> describe what is about to happen. She to join um, Team Dungeon Master and make our lives difficult. Join Team like Dungeon it. Master and make their lives hell. Nine house. Our our ton weight boxes are going down a hill. The grade of the hill doesn't even have to be substantial the, because the mass is so these are yeah. free rolling. <laughs> so yeah. it's really like a little hill. Yes. But like it's enough. <laughs> it is enough. Could the four of you please roll initiative? Uh, conveniently, Alaris and Morlinde are plot increasers. Go I'm gonna first. put that on my resume. <laughs> plot increaser. Sarah Zimmerman. Plot increaser. And Stormhawk breaks through the clouds. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be a little bit more reasonable than that. Uh, I don't know. Every encounter we had with Stormhawk was, like, low-key unreasonable, so I'm not sure there's a a reasonable amount of Stormhawk. (laughs) Zach, would you like to be the positive or the negative? Um, negative. (laughs) I knew it. Deal. In that case, Sarah... You get to be forced for good as Zach adds 
threats, you get okay. to add benefits. Sarah's our boon and Zach is our curse. <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever come up with. This is pretty I good. I'm impressed. <laughs> Crowd of people on either side of these large crates. Our heroes are in three of them. Ooh, they're free-rolling down a hill. There's some Warforged involved. You're working through city streets. Um, uh, and with the end goal of hopefully getting these things free and out of sight of any commotion. Zach, our threat. Would you please add a hazard? <laughs> sure. So you said that there's, like, the people on both sides still, right? Yes. I want to imagine that this particular area of town is sort of like a market area like it's like a market okay. on both sides all right the factory opens right up into the market dig it or it's like you know like just like down the hill is various shops and stuff and like yeah sure sure, sure yeah um, pick it up. and that is where the people have been getting the things that they're throwing and i want to imagine an overzealous person bumping into a nearby cart of lima beans and tipping it over onto the <laughs> path. There's at least one guy that goes, My beans! <laughs> yes, exactly. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, my cabbages. Yeah, I'll, uh, Avatar last My cabbages. Suez Nickelodeon. Um, Sarah, will you be the yin to Zach's yin? Yeah, the good news is they are already cooked. <laughs> <laughs> Can you be a little bit no, more yin to Zach's yin? How are you aiding uh, this situation? I'm gonna say I am going to make my way to the front of wherever the first cart is so as to have more control of like okay. this thing going downhill and just gonna uh-huh. shove whatever dwarf out of the way deal athletics i don't know sure no freaking way that's a nine the dwarf that you run up to to uh try to get in control and to be like the primary mover on this um literal mover um is one of the uh, angry veteran dwarves. Of course. Are you a young whippersnapper? Get out! I guess I'm just going to try to take the position right behind him. <laughs> the next closest <laughs> one. Kind of jogging now with this this crate yes. over a field of cooked beans. I guess, like, just a straight-up, like, dex roll to stay on my feet just to, like, mitigate falling down. Oh, and it didn't go well. Hold on. Oh, good. Uh, eight. <laughs> so tell me what this looks like as you're tripping over your cooked lima beans. There's definitely, like, handholds on this box. And I was doing the thing where, like, I am holding onto those handholds, and my legs are moving in a general run, like, motion. But I'm definitely just getting dragged by the box. <laughs> like, you know, you're just, like, just kicking, uh-huh. trying to get uh-huh. back up on uh-huh. my feet. And I'm holding on to this box for dear life. And it's through these handholds that just go directly into the box that I think we're going to be flavoring Alaris and Morlinde as they see these various blessings and curses <laughs> as they happen. Bearing in mind that uh, lima beans spilling and their conveniently being cookedness was not very much of a threat or a blessing. So I don't know. It almost it almost took me out. Let's just ramp now, it up so a little, like... Zach. Level two. Yeah, let's build the tension. Say that at the bottom of the hill, there is a river. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, like, the street turns. Yeah. Yeah, the street turns. But there's, like, very sharply. And there's not, like, a rail. There's no there's no rail to stop it. This is how I die. There is, canonically, a river that runs through Havarum. And I think, let me quickly go to advantagednd.com slash world. And the heaving back. The heaving what? Heaving back. 
We're about to, to careen into it, so. The heaving beck, just by the name, sounds very rapid-y. Mm. Morlinde, what do you see out your little handhold that is beneficial to this group? While Morlinde does see a river coming, she also sees the street start sloping back up again. Drainage-wise, that doesn't make any sense. Sure it does, because you don't want the freaking river to flood your street. Okay, so you're imagining it more like a levee or like a dike yeah. or something, yeah? Sure, flood control. No decent builders have the road and the river, like, close in level. So there's a little bit of a berm down at the very So <clears throat> we're going to careen so a off a cliff into a water. <laughs> yeah, it's more like a ramp now. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so there's a ramp at the end of this situation. <laughs> Uh, it's okay, I have it's more. There's better. something else that I wanted to add, but I want to wait because I want to see what happens. Okay. Okay. All right. So whose turn um, is it? it? It's going to be Grimton's. I'm going to say that you've got two rounds to mitigate this. I think ramp the ramp's situation. a good thing. Like, okay. 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 I'm just saying you got. Okay. I not mitigate. I will say that you have two rounds before you hit this. It ramp. is not an issue if we're going slow enough because you know that's just like what you do with like runaway trucks you there's like a little ramp that like helps them stop but if you're going fast yeah, enough yeah. it is a ramp <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna like dig my heels in dig my boots in and just try to slow it down a bit hoping hoping okay. that you know maybe other dwarves start to follow suit like hey this thing's going a little too fast and we can control so let's try to uh, in addition to trying to slow this thing down, uh, which is going to be the eventual skill check, which I'm going to say is a con roll. Saying out loud, like, hey, we're go- picking up too much speed here, boys. Uh-huh. It's 15. You're successfully slowing down the crate that you have under your possession. Ulrich, your turn. Has a completely different plan. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the the one I'm on... Where in this caravan of crates is it? Neither first nor second. Where do you want to be? So is Yessie's second? Yeah. I definitely am right behind it. I'm third. All right, guys. We're going to have to turn this thing in a little bit. Everybody get to one side and get ready to pull. (laughs) Or push, I guess. Are you pulling or pushing to the left or to the right? Which way does the road veer? The road is veering to the right, parallel to the river, and it's banked kind of like a Mario Kart (laughs) level. Yeah. Yeah, like a berm. All right. Everybody on the left side, and when we get closer, we're going to shove it really hard. Do you want to make your action a shove roll or a charisma roll? Well, we're not to the turn yet. We shouldn't start pushing yet. So a charisma roll. To, just to get everybody on the same page. Yeah, because like, they actually don't have any reason to listen to me. I'm not in charge of anything. Uh, and they don't even know me. Uh, true heroes take charge at times of crisis. 13. You see the other dwarves moving to the left side of these crates. Grimton, I think you look behind, just quickly glancing, and you see the crowd behind you, like, running. Some uh, Warforge running after these crates. Takus is at the very top of the hill. You see him beautifully silhouetted with his arms up in, like, some sort of celebration that, like, or perhaps fear that something is happening and really praying that y'all are able to turn this thing around. Uh, perhaps literally. We're going to just go ahead and claim that there are five crates. Mm-hmm. And they're all conveniently in a row and easy to keep track of. 
uh, one veteran, one Grimton, and one Ulrich pushing in the top three. And there are three players and NPCs total, all in different crates. In what crate are you? Alaris is in mine. Okay, Alaris is in Ulrich's, so third in Rhine. Merlin is in like the second crate. Where's Nexby in this? Or have you completely lost track There's, of There's, uh, well... I have completely lost track of Nexby. Roll a d6. Go ahead and give me that roll. She's in the first one. Cool. So I'm sure she is freaking out. Alaris, <laughs> what threats do you perceive from your tiny hole? At the, towards the bottom, right before the ramp, as they're trying to turn, the road gets really cobblestony. Yes. So there's, like, a bunch of, like, it's really right. uneven. So if they try to turn, it could tip. potentially yeah. tip. Boy, would it. And then what's the good news? That I would like to potentially cast... Grease. Um, <laughs> not grease. Grease would not work. We're going to jump it, boys. Make um, Maximilian's Earth and Grasp and make the giant um, rock hand just shoot up out of the ground in front of the crates. Okay, but hold on. We'll definitely <laughs> stop. Do we yeah. like that? Because that's what I was thinking about having us like run into a wall of warp wars or something. There's but some inertia how, involved here. How fast are we going now? <laughs> okay, well, we're, going, we're going damn fast. Can you put it in like a miles per hour? Uh, how fast can you run, Steven? Well, can you take the earth and grasp and make the hand do like a like a little scoop? Yeah, like when your cat is running by really fast and you need them to not go somewhere, so you just scoop them up in the process. I don't know how that would help the... The other ones, I mean, I assume that oh, I Oh, yeah, just... that only works for one, huh? Because the other ones would go creaning into the hand that is mm. holding up the, the whatever yeah, one gets lifted not. up. Marlene sees what's going on. So the way Entangle works is you can... So grasping weeds and vines um, sprout up from the ground, and, um, and this does turn the ground into difficult terrain. Difficult terrain makes you go half speed. We are slowing down. So out of nowhere. Yeah, because we don't know what you're going to do. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> I see in front of the first cart an eruption of foliage and vines and green stuff. And I'm pretty sure I hear some of the dwarves curse. But that cart really slows down significantly. So much so that by the time it like exits this patch of rough terrain, it feels like the my, my cart is about to hit it before we eventually slow down to its <laughs> okay. speed. I dig it. Um, and now what is your actual turn, Grimton? Try to not get tripped up by these vines. Then make it a dexterity saving throw. I rolled an at 20, so whatever. I'm dancing on Ooh. these vines. <laughs> That's two nat 20s in a row from two different people. So I think with that nat 20, you're also able to like steer where your cart is going um this is a cart of course with morlinde in it it was described that the road itself is kind of veering to the right to parallel the river the road goes right presumably there's going to be a bridge or something to cross the river or it's going to continue down the same path as the river if we need yeah so i'm just going to try to like let's say i'm on the right side of the car i'm just going to try to pull on my end and try to make it turn that way in which case, yeah, you r reach your hands into these, well, handholds, give it a yank, and are able to successfully change the direction of the cart's trajectory to more parallel. All right, guys, here we go. Push for all you've got. <laughs> Nat 20. No, I don't. Is that? 
three nat 20s in a row? I swear, not making it up at all. We need to go to Vegas. So you push with all your might, and with a nat 20, are successfully able to get this thing going in the direction you need it to, saving both yourself and Alaris and, in tandem, the skiff. I'm just going to go ahead and give a just a non-modified saving throw to the veteran who's in front with Nexby's cart. And I rolled a seven. Zach, putting on your threat hat once more. Uh, what exactly is happening? So it got slowed to a more reasonable speed. Yes, Nexby's crate did, yes. But steering is off. When it hits the cobblestone after the, the brambles, a wheel pops off. Oh. You dirty monster. However, that wheel was kind of on the front of the cart. So it's actually helping to slow down the cart a little bit. It's kind of like okay, skidding. So it's like skidding. Yeah, to... skidding and slowing down. I'm really glad yes. that the advantage part comes after the. Yeah. the yes, thank God. The t- bad part. Because I do want this <laughs> to win in the end. I would hope so. This first crate has uh, skidded out of control uh, in front of you, but you are successfully diverting the truck that you've got's energies to the right and have got it successfully under your control. We're not, like, careening downhill anymore, right? So I'm going to try to bring the caravan uh-huh. to a halt, maybe, and by yelling, Whoa! <laughs> wheel off! Okay. Whoa, wheel off. Sounds like the wheels are going to compete in some capacity. Man, it's been, a, it's been a long time since I've been a part of a wheel off. <laughs> in that case, Grimton, what is your role? Persuasion? <laughs> to, to, to persuade them for a whoa, wheel off? I guess. Okay. I mean, the wheel is off. It's not like you're trying, you're trying to deceive them. I'm trying to persuade them to stop, yeah. It's an unnatural 20. 18 plus 2. Successfully persuading the other two to slow down. Um, Ulrich, it's your turn. I guess I'm gonna knock on the crate to alert oh. Alaris. This might be a good chance. We should go over there and see if they need any help with that damaged cart. With that wheel Trying off. to get them away from our crate. Hold on, let me roll for these. Those are both very good rolls, and I will say that the other two carts that you've got with you being controlled by NPCs of no name are also following the the wheel off what we need to help command and slowing down. It's a good strong guy. To assist the first crate which has next in it. I'm just gonna like casually saunter on over to Grimton and be like hey okay. what are you doing now? So we know that we have these two crates right? We can A try to book it out of here with these two or pop these guys out and take the skiff or try to go Netsby out right I now too. I don't know. Or do dude. we come back for Netsby? Um, How are we doing this? I've been kind of towed along on this plan, both literally and figuratively. First things um, first, let's let our people out. Well, I told Alaris he ought to be appearing sometime soon. He's good with plans. <laughs> appearing sometime soon. Um, <laughs> Serendipitously. Now I'm going to yell out of the, the handholes for them to get back a little bit. And then I'm going to take the frying pan that grows uh-huh. and make it grow to burst the crate open and all the hands spill out. And then there's just the skiff that we can take off in. I had completely forgotten that you had given yourselves a uh, endlessly growing frying when pan. When did uh, that happen? What a wonderful trinket. You yell, get back. You 
reach into your bag of holding and pull out your frying pan, your frying pan, um, and like push it up against the side wall of this crate, and it begins to expand. Uh, there's a sound of nails tearing out of wood, uh, and then suddenly the wall that you're pressing against breaks free, and you come tumbling out of this crate uh, in a spill of hands, which will reveal uh, the skiff. I definitely turn to Grimton and say, guess that's the plan. Then we definitely need an XP. Hey friends, it's Joe. So glad you're here with us for episode 2.28. Wow, this Strike Breakers saga is a mess, huh? Good, it really should feel like that. Everybody is winging it. I think that the sloppy chaos of not having a structured plan in place is exactly the tone that this scene deserves. Uh, it feels very cinematic to me, actually. I imagine lots of quick cuts and shaky cam work. Uh, with a similar vibe, the Switch series episode that I ran for a mixed DPN cast is now out. Uh, you can find that at the Playing Out of Character podcast feed. Honestly, that session was my all-time favorite one-shot that I've ever participated in. Like this episode, the narrative payoff at the end is incredible. I'm so happy how that dungeon played out. Go check it out on the Playing Out of, Par- Playing out of Character show page and subscribe to them while you're there thanks to each and every one of our patrons uh you make advantage possible i just had to renew our membership on soundcloud which is expensive uh sarah just bought a new microphone which you'll hear at the end of the next episode or sorry which you'll hear at the beginning i guess of the next episode um i want to apologize for her sound quality these last couple things uh her mic was misplaced during her move and she's been struggling with like an xbox headset but that's been resolved thanks with to your help Uh, we're a small show so each and every dollar that you donate is a substantial percentage if you can afford to give we would love your financial aid there's a link down in the show notes if you can't give in that way We encourage you to find a podcast app that allows you to leave reviews. Five-star ratings make the show more findable and grow our audience. Our depth of storytelling here we find very rewarding, and we want to share that richness with more people. All right, let's get back to the show. Thank you. spills out onto the floor with a bunch of robot hands. Alright, let's get out of here. Let's start flying. We need an XB for that. The signal was to give me the all clear, so I assume everything's good to go. Yep, yep, yep. Morlinda, your turn. The crate hole is all I can see out of, but I, I do see hands go onto the ground through the crate hole, so I'm like, oh, it's time. And I, too, <laughs> open up the crate lid and look out. I do not destroy my whole freaking box like uh, Ilaris felt the need to. Give me a perception check, Morlinda. 17. You look around trying to assess your situation. Three cards all pulled off to the side uh, a little ways behind you. They're trying to help out one that has a wheel broken off. They don't seem to be like paying any attention to any sort of threat or activity that you've got going on. 
Uh, you also look back up the hill. The Warforged are running down the hill towards you to try to aid in any way that they can oh. this situation. Wait, where's Nexby? What are we doing now? So Nexby is in the front cart, and Alaris just decided to make that one explode for no particularly good reason. I did not think he was going to do that, and we need to do something now. There was a good reason. Yeah, running over to the first cart, like, hey, I think there's a spare wheel inside the cart, and I just run over and try to yeet the top of this crate open and say, let's go. <laughs> Roll for yeet. No, the, the yeeting yeet. is successful. The yeeting is the easy part. Um, roll for persuasion, I think, to effectively yeah, with communicate. Next beat, as you open this, is uh, caught off guard. Instead of being like primed and ready to skedaddle, uh, is I think buried under the robot hands and will need some help, and also is not conveniently uh, stealthed. Right. Uh, it is evident that the group around you will know what is going on and will see this intruder. Well. Uh, Auric, your turn. I don't want it to be my turn. <laughs> well, says Auric in character. <laughs> Swiftly come up to Alaris, like, all right, Mr. Idea Guy, what are we going to do now? I've got a plan. <laughs> Tell me your plan, sir. I'd like to assist so you. So I want to use Misty Step to teleport to the crate. I'm talking to you, and then you just vanish, and I'm like, yes. What? What? I did. I said I have a plan. I'm just like, thank you, Alaris. That's um, so helpful. I'm going to teleport right in front of the group of dwarves at the crate. And then I'm going to use the um, Wand of Fear to cast the Cone of Fear on them. Um, to make them run it. away from the box. Wisdom saving throws? Is that yes. right? <laughs> One fail. Two fails. Three fails. One save. Four fails, one success. And I'm gonna just open the crate and say, "We gotta go. <laughs> we gotta go. The docks <laughs> is gone. Go. <laughs> the one that stays, the one that is not convinced by your uh, your wand of fear, is the one that was negging on Grimton earlier. The same one that was driving this cart, um, and he's wearing glasses to show that time has passed. <laughs> um, I love John Mulaney. To us, John Mulaney. <laughs> um, He's in shock, however, uh, about what is particularly uh, taking place and will be on his feet and ready to fight something uh, this next round. But uh, I'm going to insert next B into this initiative order uh, after Alaris and before Morlinde. Um, and she is getting out and hurrying off to somewhere. Next, be seeing this situation, seeing the hands on the ground, is going to yell, "Unfurl the wings! Unfurl the wings!" Morlinde frantically jumps out of uh, the box, and there's hands everywhere, so that's complicated and um, clumsy. Slides down the side and starts running. Um, she doesn't really know what she means by "unfurl the wings," but she knows that there must be wings on the on the thing, and is going to figure it out when she gets there. Among the hand spillage right on the pavers, uh, you see the shine of red dragon scales that are like glinting into your eye. Uh, you're trying to make sense of this craft of whatever it is with the instruction of unfurl the wings i'm gonna assume that you're reaching in there and like pulling it out freeing it from the rest of the way 
you know how dragons <laughs> curl up their wings when they're not like actively <laughs> being flown that's what i mean by unfurl the wings just unfurl them pull them out pull them out i'm just trying to get an xb to the just skiff right you're ahead of her yeah i'm just gonna run ahead of her and try to help morlindy unfurl the rest of the wings or the other wings i'm gonna do the same thing but from inside the skiff Okay, so you're hopping up in. Is there anything like tying the wings down or are they just curled? It's pretty cramped. Uh, like there's a, It looks like there's enough seatage for five people, uh, but like it's all single file like a canoe. The fuselage appears to be made out of uh, leather that's stretched over um, some sort of frame um, and then armored on the outside of that with the dragon scale. There are a bunch of pulleys and levers, and in front there seems to be some sort of small engine box. Pulleys are rigged somehow directly to there. I think by the time Alara shows up, you've got these two wings unfolded to um, about 25 feet wingspan. Mm. And they're just, like I said, they're just riddled with like tubing and pulleys and whatnot. Is the one is the one dwarf that was left chasing after oh, us? Oh yeah. Um, okay. Great then reminder. I, as we're running towards the skiff, I'm going to take a second to cast. Grease. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, specifically, I would like the grease, whatever like the the trolley that they were pushing, is to get it moving again, still towards the river, hope, hoping that the dwarf will. Realize that it's about to go in the river and try to turn around and stop it as opposed to chasing us. Yes, we'll say that that is exactly uh, what happens. That you do, in fact, get the the, uh, the wheeled trucks moving again and not careening, but freewheeling in the direction of the river. I'm going to roll a d20 to see if it, if the dwarf notices. That was a 10. That helps me none. I'm going to roll again. <laughs> that was a 12. Uh, I'm, I think that he does. The the dwarf does turn around, notices, and then has to do like a split-second double-take decision. What am I going to do here? And that's going to buy you some time, which basically means I'm going to postpone another roll here in a bit. But um, in the meantime, you've got space to work with. Next B jumps up into the front of this dragon ship basically like where the head would be and sits in a tiny little i'm not gonna say it's a cockpit well it it's basically a cockpit yeah <laughs> um cool it says jump in yeah guys jump in yeah everybody buckle your damn seat belts buckles seat belt <laughs> Click. check there's a a switch that next beat flips the craft begins taking off directly vertical, like almost hovering directly up to about 60 feet. Uh, at this point, the dwarf underneath you is, uh, well, it was, at that is going to um, look up startled and unable to do anything to stop you. The crowd of Warforged is coming around, unable to do things either because they don't have ranged weapons. Are the wings like flapping or is it just like yet. in emanating magical energy and we're just i'll explain it all in a second (laughs) but right now we gotta go yes i'm gonna yell out the side as we leave death to gray sunder live long live the rebellion (laughs) as we fly off into the distance 
unbuckles his seat and like stands up, takes off his hat of disguise and like unfurls his red cape and just yells, break the iron grasp. Let's the protesters go. and strikers are absolutely delighted and shouting with joy as they follow in behind the Warforged. And I think as uh, the wings begin to flap and you uh, have some like forward momentum in the uh, northwesterly direction, you can see the rioters begin to fight and engage with these Warforged. just adds skate fast eat ass <laughs> just kidding i don't please cut that out i just thought it was for y'all we're all yelling our taglines right now <laughs> Ulrich's notable that is line. not Ulrich's tagline skate fast, skate fast. Eat ass. Skate fast. <laughs>